This is Parker Hesse. This is Sam Branks. You have the pleasure of listening to Hawkeyes and Tall Boys. Cheers, motherfuckers. Welcome to the Hawkeyes and Tall Boys podcast. Featuring your host, Bo Freeborn. You know, guys, even though we get two conference losses, we're still going to end up 9-3. and three. We're going to win the West, for sure. Dylan Pond. Here's the thing, fellas. I'm going with it. 12 and fucking hell, baby. We're going to do it. Let's fucking go. Woo! And Rob Wall. I mean, that would be shocking. But we can do it. I mean, I think we can. So crack a tall boy. And go Hawks! All right, welcome in to the 18th episode of Hawkeyes and Tall Boys. Um, my name is Rob. I'm here with I'm Bo. Yeah, <laughs> Rob's Bo. here with me. I'm Dylan, and then we have a special guest, graduate of Iowa State, Iowa, or Iowa State University. That would be, and his name is Mike Western, ladies and gentlemen, repping Cyclone Nation. Uh, these Hawks aren't that bad, but go state. All right, <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Buddy. We're going to crack some tall boys. And we're here live recording in uh, Bo's basement. Thanks, yeah. Bo, for donating you your bet, basement boys. for us. Thanks for coming. Um, so we're really excited about this episode. I think uh, this week is a week that uh, all us Hawkeye fans look forward to. It is our rivalry week against uh, our in-state rival, Iowa State, the Iowa State Cyclones. So um, we do have a couple of things we want to get into. Obviously, this uh, week is going to be our recap of last week's game uh, against Rutgers, um, which we won 30-0. to zero. Shut out. Shut out. Yeah. Phen- phenomenally defensively played game. Um, and then uh, we're also going to get into a little bit of like uh, maybe some Iowa-Iowa State information about the rivalry, and we're going to have our, um, our live Iowa State analyst here with us mike uh to talk a little bit about that term's the, a bit of a stretch about the clones <laughs> give us his takes on, on what he what he thinks about the team this year and then uh of course uh if you guys haven't checked already um college game day is going to be in names this year and both you were right yeah yeah i uh, i tell you what, i had an itch after the first couple weeks i know after that first week i, I didn't i don't know I, iowa state didn't look great but i tell you what this is one of the best rivalries we've had what uh, I think we were talking mm-hmm. that Iowa State was only one of five teams that has never hosted College Game Day, and this could right. be their shot. I mean, this is probably the best team that they've had in years. So yeah, and I know I was pretty surprised to see them get the bid, but obviously it helped because I I know I was saying that I thought Clemson Syracuse. that Clemson Syracuse game was going to get it since you know the last Clemson loss was to Syracuse, but obviously Syracuse got blown out by Maryland. Go Big Ten there, but yeah. so the yeah, Terps destroyed names. them. Did you guys? Fear the turtle. Did you guys see any of that game at all? It was a blowout. Yeah, we. I was. Uh, I was actually. I lost money on that game, so <laughs> yeah, I'm a little displeased with well, the Maryland ter- Terrapinians. I'm. Pr- what was the line on that deal? Was it Syracuse by like twenty four or something was, crazy? I think no. Maryland was favored, but or oh, maybe what, I what was heard the final wrong. score? Uh, well, let me let's look up the final so, I score. I'm not sure. Was. I think the line was. The line wasn't huge. It was like three and a half or something like that. But I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Syracuse or Maryland was favored. And then Syracuse just was way off. Or, so Maryland ended up blowing them out. But I thought Syracuse was going to get that W. But 
I knew what you were thinking of, though. Anyway, so. Yeah, so the final score was 63-20, to 20, <laughs> and that was at Maryland. So Maryland uh, coming in this week is ranked 21. Uh, Syracuse, I believe, was, was ranked in the top 20 and then got blown out by an unranked Maryland team. And honestly, guys, uh, me off. we don't play Maryland this year. Yep. <laughs> That's so. not one of the crossover games. And nice thing is, uh, fun little stat, so they scored 79 in their uh, in their week one game yeah. against uh, I don't know some cupcake or whatever and then Howard, Howard and then they uh, ended up sixty three against Syracuse so that's pretty impressive by the Terps but guys this isn't a Terps podcast this is a Iowa Hawkeyes podcast so God we're bless. gonna get straight into last week's game so Iowa Hawkeyes uh, ranked twentieth uh, I believe we're what twenty first going into the game I believe so we're twentieth yeah. now uh, against an unranked Rutgers team coming off of a a uh, pretty big win against a uh, last-ranked UMass team. We, we talked all about it last week. And uh, we a recap of the game here, guys. Amir Smith-Marset really kind of set the tone early. Um, had a 58-yard touchdown strike from Nate Stanley uh, to put us up 7 nothing in the first quarter. But to be honest, guys, in the first half, I thought that, um, you know, it took a little bit for Iowa's offense to get rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, credit to Rutgers' defense a little bit. Seemed like they were able to kind of stifle the run early. Yeah, I think one really big thing that, that led to that was uh, Rutgers special teams. I think we saw it. the the punter was the national player, special teams player of the week this week. Had an unbelievable unbelievable job punting against Iowa Hawkeyes. It really pinned us deep. How many drives in the first and even the second half both did we start our, our drives within the within the 10, even the five-yard yeah, line? Yeah, even the five-yard line. That's yeah. what I was just going to say. Quite a few. Uh, phenomenal punting job by him, obviously. But when your best player is your punter, there, there's going to be there's some a problem. issues. So. Um, leading in, in that department, in the rushing department, um, Torin Young is actually our rushing leader with nine carries for uh, 59 yards. And it looked like, um, let me just go to the box score here. So Makai Sargent seemed to be kind of the clear-cut number one. Also had 59 off of 13 carries. So averaging about four and a half. The team averaged five yards a carry despite, um, you know, the slow, you know, ability to capture those first downs in the first half. Um, but in the second quarter, we did end up scoring 13 points um, off of uh, a couple of decent drives that we put together, long drives, which took up a lot of time. And there was a play right at the end. We could have scored right before half, and it looked like Nick, or sorry, Nate Stanley overthrew uh, Nico Regani right there in the end zone. And if we would have been there, I think we would have been up what 24 going into the uh, second half. Yeah, and I'm going to put that one on the coaching staff, you know, and I'm obviously a big proponent of them, but. I mean that that was just a time management miscue right there where you know you got a timeout left going in the half you got to burn it because I, I remember I'm just sitting there watching like thinking the clock stopped and then all of a sudden we look up and there's four seconds left and it's like yep whoa what what the hell are we doing you know so bit big miscue there but I mean it is what it is I think it was pretty apparent at that point that our defense is playing well enough that we were going to win the game so not a huge deal and going into that drive too, Rob to, to point out you know our rushing attack did very well but we saw a lot of the running backs out of the backfield we had that very explosive play and I believe it was in the second quarter yeah. when we saw Ivory Kelly Martin come out of the backfield for another screen kind of like what we saw week one with uh, um, Makai Sargent right out of the backfield too so that was pretty exciting to see that we get some running backs power out of, the, out of the backfield too yeah that looked really great and honestly guys uh it looked like all the running backs were kind of getting involved including tyler goodson in the second half Again. which i want to get to um because honestly in the second half well first shout out to our defense um i know we're only playing like a Rutgers team uh, they had their quarterback uh, carter mcclain 
or McLean Carter. McLean Carter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, transferred from Texas Tech. And uh, he looked okay, looked like a gunslinger, for, you know, in their first game. But uh, against us, I, I wasn't really impressed with him. Right. And that's what, you know, I heard a few Hawk fans leaving the stadium where, you know, a little bit concerned. We didn't beat them by more or anything. Guys, we still shut out a Big Ten team. Uh, again, Rutgers, you know, is not a program where we would want to be, obviously. But, you know, nonetheless, to do that this early in the season. And, and playing a team like Rutgers is a lot better than going out and playing a Howard, going out and playing, you know, a James Madison, like one of those, you know, lower-level FCS schools. So, But, yeah, I know, you know, looking at some of my notes here, uh, another thing a lot of people were kind of worried about is just, you know, hearing a little bit about the play calling and the offense and that sort of thing. And looking at the entire game, we rushed the ball 39 times and we passed the ball only 19 compared to that. So yeah. obviously this offense prides itself on being run first to a point, but there's a little bit more of a balance attack there. So I think there's still a lot left in the tank where, you know, we, we got ahead early enough in this game and it was apparent we were going to stay ahead that, you know, old Kirk Ferentz could come out and be a little bit more conservative and, you know, I, I didn't see an issue with that myself. Yeah, and even just going into the second half, I mean, even the overall game, I mean, I thought the secondary stepped up big time. I mean, we saw Jack Corner That's with right. his first start. Uh, I thought he looked very well coming in, especially, you know, replacing Kayvon Merriweather, who I thought had a great game week one. Obviously, still young, but still played very well. And him and Geno Stone, I thought, looked very well. Well, and then Ojemudia had his second pick of the season. So, at the secondary played well, and the defense overall played played very well in the second half, at least even the first half. Yeah, I was super excited. Honestly, um, well, so two games for OJ Moody, two picks, um, plenty of, of great plays where he was on in coverage, um, you know, covering this guy. Uh, the highest receiver there was uh, their running back with four catches for 31 yards. He also rushed nine times for 36 yards. Um, their their quarterback passed the ball for 28 yards and a pick. <laughs> so now was that was that just McLean Carter or was that their backup too? Because they also oh, put they in a secondary quarterback second mm-hmm. second half. That's what I I don't remember what his stats were specific, Ooh. but I think that was a little bit later when Arthur, I, Iowa threw in their second team. I'm thinking. Now, did he throw the other pick to Jamon Colbert after that? Uh, yes, after yeah, that rush is, from oh. yeah. It was Arthur Sitkowski, four for eleven for nineteen yards and a pick. Yep. So 3.5 and 3.8 QBR, respectively. (laughs) But anyways, uh, super excited. Kayvon Kayvon Merriweather was my uh, preseason pick, just to remind our listeners, um, to be a breakout star. And the walk-on, Kerner, actually uh, took over the starting role this week. And I don't know if it's just they want to arrest him um, because he was dealing with, you said, an ankle a little bit. Yeah, I believe it was an ankle. He tweaked it late Friday because... And he's not even going to dress Saturday, so... Yeah. Okay. He's full-blown out with an injury. I I think he ends up... My breakout pick might be Dunzo. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Never know. We'll see. But another cool thing I did want to point out, just kind of looking at the stats is, Mm. you know, we talked a lot about Stanley throwing, you know, passes to 10 different receivers that first week. This week he got eight. So even in a Big Ten opener, you know, it shows the amount of weapons we have, and there's a lot to be excited for, Hawk fans. Yeah, and even going back to Smith-Marset, I guess I'll make one more point. Yeah. How good did he look on those deep balls, too? He, he ran, looked awesome. He had those two touchdown passes, right? Yep. But one, one play in particular that I was very excited about was the, the corner route he ran when we were down on the south end zone. I believe we were on our 10-yard line. We ran a corner route, and it was a 25- to 30-yard gain. He went up with the – Went up for the ball, strong hands, controlled, even came down with a, a tackler on him. I thought he looked great, so props to him. Mm-hmm. Good game for him. Huge game for him, I think. It, it's exactly what he needed because I thought I was kind of um, 
I guess, given him a little bit of crap in the, you know, the last couple of weeks because he had a drop and he wasn't really that involved and they run him a lot on a, on a, a lot of bull, uh, bubble like type plays to get him out in the flats and, you know, see if he can make a play. Um, but to be honest, guys, I mean, I, the way that our uh, like receiving core is shaping up, I know that they were throwing a lot to Brandon Smith on the sideline. He's kind of our, uh, our big target, like a red zone guy, but they seem to be picking on that, uh, cornerback a lot. Um, and I don't know what it was, but it looked like they, uh, they started getting to a little bit of a scuffle there. And I, th- I was kind of worried that Brandon Smith was going to do something stupid. Um, honestly, he looked like he, he was finishing about did. He about did something stupid. So. He, I think he finished the block. I mean, looking back at the film, watching it live, I thought it was a great block. Good for him. Show his, show his toughness, and it's his house. I loved it. Love the intensity. Me too. So we got his. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Just don't be ripping off helmets and throwing punches and yeah, shit. No Not shit. that he did. But no shit. Yeah. No need to get yourself suspended for a few games. Either way, we ended up getting the win, thirty to zero. Right. Um, Most importantly. So it really matters. So obviously, the wide receivers impressed me. Um, I, you know, and it was the game before where our, our running backs impressed me. And so overall, guys, I, I mean, I thought it was a as a well well orchestrated. Uh, win for the Hawkeyes absolutely and we got the shutout that's the most important thing I think you know goes to show you you know how good this defense really is and a lot to be excited for Hawk fans so um kind of moving on though here we got some mailbag questions from some of our listeners here perfect yeah and so first one is from Kyle uh, our buddy out of Davenport Iowa he said guys who are ISU's playmakers this year to replace Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. And we'll start off with our ISU expert, Mr. Mike. Uh, well, first of all, I think we need to note that we have a uh, playmaker at the quarterback position. Um, but then in regards to David Montgomery, um, we, we ain't replacing him. That ain't going to happen. We're doing running back by committee. Um, they say they've got you know a big-time four-star recruit out of Kansas, Brees uh, Hall. Uh, kid got a lot of touches last week. I don't know if he's a playmaker. Um, but I'm looking at Charlie Kohler at tight end, making some big grabs for us in the Iowa State offense. I like that pick, especially with the tight end. And I'm going to I'm gonna double you up here. I think the biggest guy that we're going to see is Chase Allen, the other tight end. I think he's like 6'8". Like, 6'7". Six, six, Charlie Kohler like, is 6'6". Six, six. Like, those guys are huge. Like, Targets. How, how, do you, how do you miss those guys down the field, especially on a, a seam route? So, I'm with you. I like the tight end, Chase Allen here. Rob? Uh, for me, um, playmakers to look for on the on the Cyclone end of things. Uh, for, uh, you look into the backfield, and, you know, it's hard. I mean, they're doing a running back by committee. I think, uh, you know, even before the show, Dylan is kind of mentioning a little bit about their running backs, but – Deshante Jones stands out to me as their uh, receiver. Uh, it's a senior year, and uh, you know he had 14 catches against you and I. Uh, I don't know how many targets. Now the game got into overtime, but still, I mean, we're talking about a, a guy who seemed to be the the standalone leader at the receiver position. So I think he'd probably be somebody to key on. Um, I'd be interested to see how our secondary uh, plays him. You know, this week. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm going to kind of echo your sentiment there, Rob. I agree with Mike in the sense where I definitely think Brock Purdy is one of their big playmakers, one of those guys we're going to have to look out for on uh, pretty much all levels of the defense where you know everybody's going to have to be keying in on him. Uh, obviously, Deshante Jones is another one. He's kind of emerged as Brock's favorite target. Uh, and then as well as uh, Arkansas transfer, LaMichael Petway. So he's another one, big-bodied receiver that you know can do some damage down in the red zone. So 
Uh, definitely a few guys there that'll give our secondary a test, but I think they're up for the challenge, guys. So, hey, uh, hey, honest Mike, I got a question for you, and I'm gonna pose this one just to you only. Now we talk about a good Brock Purdy guy, a good quarterback, right? A lot of people have him on the radar. I think he could be a pretty big test down the road. Like, do you believe in the sophomore slump? Like, he had this phenomenal freshman year last year. Now he comes back as a starter, and uh, I mean, do, do you see a lot of slump coming out of this guy? Or do you see him a, another high-powered year? Cyclone Nation, I hate to shit upon our hopes, but I do see a sophomore slump coming for Brock Purdy. Uh, we called his number last year unexpectedly, and he comes out and he's got, you know, that high school kid gunslinger mentality. Um, this year he's had expectations on him high, you know, all summer, all fall, and, you know, the instincts – you know, he's going to start second-guessing himself. I I think, you know, his technique and his chops are all there, but the mojo might come into question. I think that is what a sophomore slump really is. And, uh, yeah, I'm afraid we're going to be in one of those. And the reason I asked that is because we see this, the same thing with Nate Stanley. His sophomore year, he went out and just balled out. He didn't have anything to think about. He just went out and threw the ball. Junior came back and just kind of had a little bit of a slump. Not, not necessarily a bad season, but – just something to where it wasn't as good as a sophomore year. Like there was a lot more exciting plays a sophomore year, and, and then you know we just we don't know what to expect this year. Would you say, Bo? Though you know sometimes, and I don't want to compare it to marriage here necessarily and piss anybody off here, but would you say, you know, maybe perhaps staleness is a factor there where we've seen Nate Stanley already. We know what he brings to the table. Do you think that would have anything to do with it? I think so. I think so. But at the same time, year after year, you still see exciting plays. I just didn't think that we saw that hoorah that we saw. I think one big thing, I'm going to put this put this one on you. C.J. Beathard had mm -hmm. a, had a, a pregnant girl on the back of his mind. Senior year was shit, I thought. Still a good quarterback. Had accolades from the couple years before that. But senior year, only had – a couple of razzle-dazzle. Use protection and, and, and out that, there, folks. <laughs> and that's definitely fair, but you got to remember, too, that uh, CJ was walking around on, you know, a hobbled ankle and whatnot, so. Well, I our, think uh, what a lot hobbled had, everything. God, he was he was, he was just banged broken up, his yeah. senior year. But I think what uh, plays into it a lot is, like, you know, for instance, Brock Purdy, when he was his number was called as a freshman, he probably wasn't uh, seriously expecting to see a lot of playing time. And so there was really nothing to lose. Just get out there and throw the ball uh, and go with your gut. And I think that when you have a lot of time to think about it, you know you're going to be the starter in the off season. Um, You know, then you kind of start second-guessing yourself. Heavy lies the crown. Ooh. Honest Mike, I love the honest I love these Mike. takes from Honest Mike. Uh, but to be honest, like uh, I mean, even like Nate Stanley said, and uh, I believe it was in the post game uh, post game uh, interview after his uh, when we played our week one game, because they said, you know, hey, you know, what's the difference now? He hit you know ten different or nine different receivers or whatnot, um, and he was just like, well, I think this, I'm, I'm a little bit more settled down. I think last year I was trying to really force the ball. And, uh, you know, you know, put it in places where if you just would have, like, kind of relaxed a little bit more in the pocket and, and played just from what it, what what the defense gave him. And I think that goes a long way as far as, like, quarterbacks go in general. It's more of, like, a mindset. Oh, I'd agree with that. Absolutely. So, uh, and then uh, Buddy Jordan out of Chicago. Uh, good question, Kyle, by the way. Yeah, good, great question, Kyle. Appreciate it. Loved uh, it. Yeah, stood out of DeWitt, Iowa, actually. DeWitt is where he's originally from and resides in Davenport now. So Pronounced DeWitt. DeWitt. <laughs> Great guy, Kyle. <clears throat> um, and then our buddy Jordan out of Chicago, uh, originally from Anamosa, had another one for us. He's like, guys, what are your ideal 
uh, college game day signs for this week. And I got to tell you guys, I saw one here on the internet this week that really caught my eye. It's kicking ass and taking aims. Uh, obviously Ooh. a pro Iowa one there. Uh, that, that's got to be my favorite one so far. Uh, seen some other ones of like Kirk Ferentz being an old man and like holding Matt Campbell, the baby, oh, a yeah. few other funny ones there. Twitter's but, had some pretty good ones this week. Uh, pretty got, solid. You got to love the meme era. Oh, for I sure. I feel like our kids aren't going to get it when we're just sitting on the couch and they're playing, you know, playing, doing whatever they want. And we're just sitting here laughing at our phones, laughing at memes. And, and I think you showed me that one. It was damn uh, old men. What it was they laughing at. It was Kirk France and, uh, and Matt Campbell, both their high school graduating pictures. And you see Matt Campbell with this wet comb, comb down and then the classic 90s haircut and then yeah kirk's mullet from yeah the 70s and it God, was like it. it was like you against uh you versus the guy, the guy she, she tells you not to worry about yeah. the ladies that's, that's exactly what it was yeah for the ladies out there let me tell you i'd be banging kirk and i'm a cyclones fan yeah, yeah. <laughs> kirk was looking like a stud in that mullet right. just feathered yeah. down the back that's awesome. Uh, I mean, as far as like signs go, I mean, you, you always have that one that is popular in memes right now. Is like Lizzo, where she's like, you know, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100 percent, you know, Hawkeye fan. Whatever. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. there's going to be a lot of those. Um, that's you know. that's some low hanging fruit in the science department. And frankly, I'm going to be a little disappointed in the people of Iowa State if I see that bullshit out there. <laughs> if I made a sign, I put Coach Campbell started the fire in the Amazon. Oh, from the top rope. Topical, badass. Topical. That's hey. If you ever thought the Hawkeyes and Tall Boys weren't up on their current events, yeah, we are. Roll Tide, baby. Hey, but uh, fans of sources, though, Dale. Hashtag fans of sources. These boys. Go are, ahead, Michael. What would you do as an Iowa State fan? Honestly, guys, I'm not that creative. I'm more of a improv type of guy. I'd probably just show up half in the bag and get a sharpie and a big sign and just starting some really write some really profane shit on there and see if I can get kicked out. Dude, are we going to see some body paint this year? I feel like the last couple of years from Iowa not State from fans, me. we've seen a couple of them, but like, is this, pancakes. Is this the year? There's one that was just pancakes nice. in uh, Iowa State, guys. Uh, last time we were in Ames, I believe. Mm-hmm. Only because I was watching the highlights to just kind of refresh my memory, and, uh, and the, the camera panned. To the uh, to the to the student section and then you see pancakes. I don't get it. Is that some is that some sort of a, or are they referring to like offensive linemen? Uh, honestly, when you said pancakes, my first thought was pancake nipples. Um, <laughs> where's my head at? You know the the foot com- football <laughs> locker are. room there. Oh you know? my goodness, I love um, it. <laughs> That's great. you know like yeah, I'm thinking I'm getting ahead of a college student there. You know there you where's their head at? The gutter. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. We so, got all night. Good stuff. But um and then Logan from Des Moines, he was curious too to hear, you know, about some of Stanley's experience versus Iowa State in this Cyhawk rivalry. Um specifically twenty seventeen, uh final score there was forty one forty one forty four. Iowa took that win, come from behind victory. Uh, and overtime. I believe that was overtime too, yeah. yeah. And so he went 27 for 41, 333, five touchdowns, no turnovers. And then last year, uh, 13 to three victory at Kinnick. He went 16 for 28, 166. Uh, definitely more of a defensive battle there. Iowa ran the ball quite a bit. I mean, my biggest takeaway there is Iowa, you know, under Nate Stanley versus Iowa State hasn't turned the ball over. Uh, knock on wood, of course, now that I said that. Knock on wood if you're with me. Yeah, knock on wood. John Gruden, hard knocks. Love it. Raider Nation, that kid Mike, but. 
Um, I mean, that's going to be the key to this game. You know, special teams, uh, turnovers, you know, not giving, not giving away points, essentially. So, I think – oh, do you have anything to say? Nope. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it's okay. been wide open um, the way that, I mean, the games have been. And we'll probably get to this when we talk about Iowa State. But, right. I mean – Nate Stanley, in so far against two cupcake teams, has looked pretty good, and he looked pretty. I love the way he has like a presence in the pocket. Um, he's going to be different uh, from the way that I think Brock Purdy is going to show up. In which uh, he, I mean, to be honest, yet I mean Nate Stanley has made a couple plays on his feet, um, but it's going to be probably more of a, a pocket passing game for uh, for Nate Stanley. I'd agree with you guys. Uh, I was always going to you know run to set up the pass. Uh, and if they beat us, it's going to be on that play action. Um, and I think if we beat you guys, it's going to be on the play action. You know, that's it's the bread and butter of football. If you think if you can get the defense thinking you're going to run, you're going to beat them on the pass. Um, I'd like to offer a bit of guest commentary, though, as to um, what's an Iowa fan supposed to do in Ames? Well, let me tell you. I like that. Um, it's anarchy out there, folks, and you're going to have a good time. Okay, so. Uh, Ames, all the tailgating is really centralized around the stadium, all the big lots. And, you know, we got University Avenue running north-south. If you cross to the east of University Avenue, there's not a whole lot of pavement and not a whole lot of laws. And that's where I recommend you good people go. If you're an adult with a loving family and a job, stick to the pavement. Um, You know... You know, very responsible over there. They have things like grills and flags and respect for one another. Uh, (laughs) And then you go over on the grass. That's where, you know, everybody's, you know, actually on a tailgate because we don't own fancy campers and such. And uh, that's where the party's at. So, Honest Mike, let's let's start out here. First off, it's going to be 80 degrees on on a beautiful Saturday morning in the state of Iowa. Kickoff's at 3 o'clock. Will those Iowa State girls be wearing... I don't want to say You'll be happy, Dylan. Okay. Sweet. Okay. (laughs) You won't be disappointed. So So it truly will be a Saturday for the boys. Oh, for sure. So what Saturday isn't? A question with two questions in it. First off, what time are you going to start tailgating? And number two, honest, Mike, if uh, these Hawkeyes and Tallboys listeners out there are looking for you, where the hell are you going to be? Where's the party going to be at? All right. Well, I'm going to get to Ames about two hours after I roll my ass out of bed here in Iowa City. And uh, if you want to find me, I'm going to be hanging out in that anarchy section, part of the tailgate area. And then later on, you can find me at the Story County Jail. <laughs> I'll be staying there. Much cheaper rate than all the local hotels. If anybody has, uh, l- listeners, if anyone has $500 they want to pool together, we're going to we're gonna put a GoFundMe on there to get uh, Honest Mike out of jail. On Free my boy Mike. Free Mike. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, I heard that place was called the Hidden Forest. Is that right? Haunted Forest. Haunted, Haunted Forest. And so actually, the Haunted Forest, uh, shout out Bravo Sports Marketing, we'll tag you in this, but uh, they're throwing a tailgate there. Uh, it's 50 bucks ahead. you got to buy tickets in advance. Um, right now, it's only Iowa fans, but, I mean, money's money, so they wouldn't not take a Cyclone fans' money, I'm sure, if they bought tickets ahead of time. like everybody's Might going, be some but... legal implications in that. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. But uh, anyway, so they're they're throwing this tailgate where it's, uh, fifty bucks a head. It's unlimited booze, unlimited beer, and food, and right? unlimited food, which and we, we won't hard liquor. That, but yeah, and yeah. so specifically, Chad Greenway's Grey Duck vodka will be featured there. Grey Duck, Grey Duck, Grey Duck. That's like that's like a Minnesota hashtag thing. Minnesota. That's like a Minnesota thing. You guys ever heard that where it's like 
Yeah, apparently duck. it's duck duck gray duck instead yeah, no, of duck it's, duck it's, goose. It's duck duck Definitely goose, goose listeners. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Hey, question for you too. Are they going to have the game on there? Are they going to have they TV will, screens? They will have the game on there during the game. But I was kind of curious about that myself because I'm assuming quite a few fans are going to be there. Uh, I don't think they're sold out or anything, but I mean the place is only so big. You know what I mean? So they will have TVs around. So. Uh, for those that want to stay around and watch the game. But that's another good question, too, Mike. So during the game itself, uh, if we're not going to go into the game, if we don't want to spend that 300 bucks a ticket, whatever it ends up being, uh, where's a good spot to go? So the bar scene in Ames is really centralized on Welch Avenue, and that is a very reasonable walk from the stadium um, if you're you know, a reasonably healthy human being. Um, the nicer bars are going to have a healthy cover, so if you want to watch the game at a nice bar, um, you know I would advise getting there well before kickoff. And you um, said the Blue Owl, right? Yeah, but I'm and a degenerate, any, and any I hang out at... to the Blue Waffle? <laughs> uh, I believe Blue Owls eat Blue Waffles exclusively. Oh. <laughs> All righty. Wow, I brought that up, and I'm about to say that's would... just about enough of that. All right, yeah, go no, on, Mike. Blue no, owls, I mean, yeah. there's uh, there's plenty of, uh, you know, let's say off-the-beaten-path kind of bars and aims, and, uh, you know, you can absolutely get in there and uh, grab some cold ones and watch the game with some For locals. For cheap, too, right? Everything's dirt cheap. This is the Midwest, honey. So what about uh, if you, you know, you know, decide to cash 12, a 12 pack to yourself and you're getting the munchies a little bit later and you're hungry where it's a good place that you can find some tailgate food. Oh, tailgate food. Um, honestly, me a degenerate. I just start talking to people and I throw out my salesman shit and I try and, you know, weasel a hot dog out of a rich guy. But later on the night, you go down Welch. Um, Ames tradition behooves of you to get a super dog, Ooh. which is a hot dog on a bun with uh, cheese and chips. It really isn't that remarkable. It's just, it really just has chips <laughs> on it, and it's a hot dog with cheese. Um, yeah, Ames. Yum. Really, there's, <laughs> we got Jeff's Pizza, overrated. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not doing a whole lot of justice to the town of well, Ames that's what, here. T- tell you what, last time I was in Ames, and I know, I think Iowa City and Cedar Rapids has got this place since, um, but my sister dragged me to Fuzzy's Tacos because they served booze there. They, they do margaritas. serve booze there, absolutely. And she was still a student then, so of course when it came time to pay the bill for me absolutely. Her, and her two friends, all of a sudden those girls didn't have any money. So, yeah, that, <laughs> so that'll your, happen. Your boy, Classic Iowa your boy State girls. Dill, your boy Dill spent a pretty penny in lames that night. So here, here's the right way to do that. If you want to eat Mexican food downtown Ames, you go to Come and Go. They don't sell 30 packs in Ames because we drank them all. And uh, so you get a 20. That's hey, that's <laughs> that's the God blessed truth. You get yourself a 24 pack of Bushlight from Come and Go or the Jizz and Ditch as we call it. Then you go down to um, Mr. Burrito. This will be the best burrito you ever have. Full-on, authentic Mexican joint. You will leave a happy camper. Love it. Love it. I'm so glad that we have you here to direct us because we would have just been wandering through the streets of Ames like idiots. And all those Ames guys. If you get lost, just start flipping cars. That's what everyone else is going to do. And they're going to be like, where are you going, Hawk fan? Oh, I'm going to Super Burrito to get me some drunk food. Mr. Burrito. Wow. Oh. Uh, that's Mr. So, you. see, if I say Super Burrito, see, I wouldn't have known that. So, I'm going to Mr. Burrito. Mr. Burrito. Getting me some drunk food. But. Nice, nice. But, hey, appreciate that, Mike. So, that's really all we got for the mailbag. So, I think we should just go into, you know, previewing the Let's game. talk shop. Real quick. So, um, 
quick facts here about the Iowa State series. Uh, all-time, Iowa leads the series 44-24. Um, and kind of a milestone event here in Ames where it's the first ever college game day. So uh, safe to say the city of Ames is going to be pumping. Uh, obviously, they're going to have 61,000 in the crowd, something like that. I forget. We looked up the exact 61 number. 61-5. 61-5. 61-5. And, and then Jack I heard Tristy. from a guy I worked with, actually, that they are expecting another 50,000 to come in. Holy shit. Um, another Iowa State grad. So you're thinking over 100,000 people in the city of Ames. And Ames is a big town, but it ain't that big. It ain't so, that big. So uh, it's going to be a good time. Iowans, if you can make it out, I'd highly recommend it. Ames it's people, if you're listening, it is ripe for a riot. I'll tell you guys what, um, if you guys, if you're a Hawkeye fan and you've been to an Iowa-Iowa State game before, this is not going to be your traditional Iowa-Iowa State game. College game day is going to be there. There's going to be the crazies out. So make sure you got your wits about you, but also it's going to be a hell of a good time. F that. Get drunk. Honest Mike says, safety first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, I appreciate that too, Honest Mike. Hey, I'll start it off here too a little bit. We got the... The 2019 Iowa State Cyclones coming off a nine and four, I believe. No, sorry, eight and five eight campaign, uh, six three in the Big Twelve, and we got a lot of returners coming back. I think Dill, you're going to get into that a little bit more. But honest, Mike, I want your opinion here. We got a pretty experienced Iowa State team. What are you going to see out of this team? I mean, what what are they going to show? So uh, we were kind of alluded to this earlier. I'm I'm worried about a sophomore slump out of Brock Purdy. Um, you know, his vision across the field isn't huge. He's looking for Deshante Jones. That's his go-to guy. Um, Johnny Lang, Brees Hall out of the backfield. It's, it's going to be running back by committee because, obviously, David Montgomery, uh, the fucking tank, God bless him in Chicago. Um, you know, we don't have him anymore. But to y'all's credit, we had him last year, and you guys shut him the fuck down. Mm-hmm. So I think if we're going to beat you guys, we're going to need to put the ball in the air and exploit your uh, secondary. And, Dill, kind of tell us a little bit more here. You know this is a pretty experienced O-line and defense overall. Give yeah. us a little bit here. Well, and that's what I was just going to kind of echo Mike's point there real quick is that uh, I think that is the best shot, with especially with some you know folks in our secondary dinged up and whatnot. You know, if Brock Purdy can have a good day throwing the ball – I definitely think ISU has a good shot to, you know, stay in this game and, you know, potentially win it late. But nonetheless, a few point or a few points to note when regarding Iowa State's offensive line is specifically center Colin Newell is going to be out, uh, injured his knee versus you and I. He's not going to be healthy enough to play this week. So uh, there's going to be some reshuffling on that offensive line and uh, word of Julian Good Jones possibly moving to that center role and he's been playing left tackle for the Cyclones. So. You know, definitely going to be some shuffling there, and I think more than likely some holes for the Iowa defensive line, A.J. Epinesa, Davion Nixon, et cetera, to exploit. You know, when we're talking about an Iowa State offensive line, that last week there was a lot of pressure from a three front, or two weeks ago, sorry, that you and I showed. So I'm, I'm curious what Iowa's defensive front, especially with all this experience, is going to do, and even the defense overall. Rob, your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like uh, in order for us to be successful on defense um, – we're going to have to not let it get to our secondary. So we're going to have to get to the quarterback quicker. Um, so the I feel like a lot of uh, what the, our defense brings to the table is going to rest on the shoulders of guys like Chauncey Golson, A.J. Epinesa, Amani Jones on third down. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I would want to see us kind of, you know, 
differentiate our pass rush a little bit to kind of throw them off. But we also need to make sure that we contain too, because Brock Purdy's got some legs, and uh, I would hate for him to get out, you know, on the flats or in a bootleg situation. You know, and Rob, that's an excellent point because all of us as Hawk fans, especially after HFNS's, you know, was that sophomore campaign? Yeah, he was a sophomore last yep, year. So his sophomore campaign last year, uh, you know, obviously had a lot of sacks. You know, played a phenomenal year. Uh, I don't, I don't really want to see that out of him this week, and that's going to be an unpopular opinion. But I think he needs to play I more take- of that traditional Kirk Ferentz DN, where you know, first responsibility is contain, where no one yeah. gets outside of you. And if you can do that and shut him down, I think Brock's going to have a hard time throwing the ball. Uh, with our secondary, despite being a little bit banged up. Thoughts on this. What do you think about putting a Monty Jones in, first, second down, bringing A.J. Epinesa in at third down, what he's kind of used to? Is that is that too hot of a take? I think that is too hot of a take, Bo, just simply because Amani Jones, how they've kind of trained him in that pass rush specialist role. It's just no, nose to the ball right away. And an athlete like Brock Purdy is going to be able to get out of that and, you know, get outside and – you know, essentially make plays on the scramble. And that's exactly what we don't want. So mm-hmm. I like A.J. Epinesa playing, you know, first or third down and then, you know, bringing Amani Jones in on that other end for those rushdown situations. Cool. And to be honest with you, like I know that our – I mean, if there's anything that we're going to hang our hat on on the defensive end, it's going to be the run, uh, run – ability to stop the run. Yep. I was going to say run stoppage. If that's the thing, but to be honest, I mean that's, luggage. <laughs> that's like where you know we've we've tended to to be the best at, and so if we're gonna have to cover these uh, receivers who have shown the ability to make big plays, especially tight ends, um, you know who are big targets, four, five, six seconds down the field, you know that's something that especially with our secondary, which is a little beat up, which we talked about. Um, so there's to go over the injuries. I guess we we need to. Ch- go over that yeah so you're not gonna have Kayvon Merriweather he's out uh Geno Stone went out uh late in the Rutgers game he's gonna be back he's ready to go then we also have Julius Brent who's gonna be out this week so look corner for, yep so corner so look for DJ Johnson to get some minutes in there uh possibly even see the first of Dallas Cradieth as well mm-hmm. uh so I I think we're gonna be just fine in the secondary for the record so. Kind of a next man up mentality, but but, but we're thin. That's the thing. Yeah. We're thin, yeah. so guys got to stay healthy. See, in Iowa State, we're worried about our you know losing our center in that first game. But let me tell you, Cyclone Nation, there's a lot of beef in the state of Iowa. All right, we're gonna be just fine. Uh, we're, we might have to shuffle some guys around, but uh, there's gonna be a good fucking fifteen hundred pounds <laughs> on that starting O line. And speaking of that, that's that's a good point, Mike. Where. I, I don't know if it's still this way with Colin Newell being out this week, but I'm pretty sure that nine out of ten, or even it might even be ten out of ten, starters on the offensive line for both Iowa State and Iowa this game are going to all be from the state of Iowa, which is pretty cool. You don't see awesome. that every day. Sounds about seen. right. And to kind of transition to uh, to the Iowa offense against the Iowa State defense, we see Nate Stanley coming off two awesome games, mm-hmm. uh, being a third year starter. We got a committee of running backs on both squads. Obviously, a, another committee at Iowa, and now a tremendous wide receiver group at Iowa. Uh, Rob, I'll start with you here. What do you think is going to kind of be, you know, maybe the mediator? What, what do you think? Actually, the X factor. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. What do you, who do you think is going to be the X factor? Kind of break this down. Give us an analysis of, of the Iowa offense here. If I was going to pick, well, first off, I, I like um, 
I think that this Iowa offense has had a chance under Nate Stanley, who has himself said that he's felt the most comfortable in the pocket. Um, so, and, and with the games that we've played, we've had a, we've had a game where we've just had nothing but our run game, which was on, almost unstoppable week one. And then, you know, who, who came to play in week two against Rutgers seemed to be our receiving core, um, which is, um, impressed me as well so i, I could have burned rutgers on some patterns out there let's not get too <laughs> fired easy up. there mike easy there mike you're an engineer these days bud <laughs> well, what i need what i'm trying to say is is that our offense has had the reps that it needs in order to find itself um so i don't see but one player if i was going to pick one would be amir smith marset um, he had a breakout game last week against uh, a Rutgers team, which obviously, you know, to, to your credit, Mike, uh, he, they're not good. <laughs> they blew out the worst team in the FBS at UMass. You know, the uh, last chance you guys just got fired. Maybe they can go out to fucking Rutgers and film the next Netflix out there. That's <laughs> apparently the last place people want to go. Well, if they want to go to a JUCO, I think it's pretty safe to say they can go over to Ames where they get, oh, all, <laughs> where they get Honey, all, stop. all the transfers. Just kidding. But, but no, I'm looking for uh, there's nobody going to be more pumped up than Amir Smith Marset coming off the last time he was in Ames. He caught that touchdown pass to seal the game 44 41. So I'd look to him to build off that. I'm also uh, just a shout out here before the before the season. Um, even Amir Smith Marset was asked about like his uh, kick returning and punt returning. And he guaranteed that this season he would return one for a touchdown. So I'm looking for him to make good on his promise. This week here in Ames. Yeah. Hillary Clinton guaranteed she would win, too. Let's not hold our breath on that one, boys. <laughs> Love it. Whoa. Get some politics in your Hawkeyes. <laughs> Let's go. Let's spice um, it up a little. No, but that's a really good point, Rob, because looking at the special teams, obviously, and I don't want to sound too drowned out like typical Kirk Ferentz here, but you know, special teams and turn turnovers are going to be huge in this game. I think you go back and look at you know these previous Iowa State matchups where Fuel goals were involved. There was, you know, in fact, even a game that Iowa State got us in where they won 15-13 and kicked five field goals in the game. So, you know, field goal kicking is going to be massive where we look at uh, Iowa State's kicker, Ass Alley, and yes, I know I mispronounced that. <laughs> Connor. <laughs> and so, so far on the season, he is 3-for-3 three three with a long of 42, and then Iowa's own Keith Duncan is 4-for-4 four four with a long of 42, so or 46. So those guys are going to have to have good games as well. Um, and then, yeah, just that turnover battle where – you know, Nate Stanley's been successful thus far. You know, can he hold on to the football? Can he make good decisions? I think so far we've proven yes, but, you know, he's got to keep that up for the Hawks to win this game. I really like that take on the special teams. And, Dylan, I'm, I'm going to take a different way of this, too. I think the punting game is going to be huge again this week. Cause look at this. Michael Sleep Dalton last week arguably had the second-best uh, game uh, of his Iowa career, obviously the second game that he's had, but had a phenomenal punting game, especially against a Rutgers team that uh, that pinned Iowa within the 10, even the five-yard line most of, most of the game too. So if we can control the field position, even if we have to punt and put him, pin him within the 10-yard line, I think uh, special teams are going to be huge. And on the other side of the ball, uh, uh, Honest Mike, I'm going to bring this to you. We got a, an, a very experienced D-line with Iowa State, most notably their tackle, Ray Lima. Got a bunch of linebackers coming back who are phenomenal. 
And then uh, their their secondary has some experience, a little shaky against UNI. I, I guess give us a little bit uh, a little bit of hot take over there. What are your thoughts on this Iowa State defense? Tell us a little bit about it. So first, I'll say uh, any holes in our secondary um, were you know from UNI that you're referencing. Uh, we had Johnny Football Junior running around the backfield back there. That's um, uh, a comparison. That's, He's great. Yeah, He's a good player. Yeah, that kid could play. In okay. your in your words, honey, please, <laughs> honey. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, no, but I mean, we, we had a UNI quarterback making some plays, and once the pocket breaks down and a quarterback gets out on his feet, protection is going to break down. Uh, the All the plans stop right there. It's just players making plays. You, can, you know, I'm not worried about that. I think our players played good disciplined defense against UNI. Uh, if Johnny Football Jr. Uh, could had an open throw, he would have made it. Okay, and he didn't have those throws to make, so he had to scramble. I think we're going to play, uh, you know, we're probably going to come out in a dime kind of look, and, you know, we were getting pressure on you and I with three. I don't think that's going to happen against Iowa. You know, it's going to take more than three guys to put the heat on Stanley. Well, you and I is no slouch either. Um, they're a team that, even coming from the FCS, um, they're a team that can contend legitimately. And there's guys Un- on the- unranked in the FCS. But you're talking about a team who's probably you're gonna. T- I mean, they're gonna win the Missouri Valley this year. They're that good. I mean, they, stop it. They they put up a, a good fight. Think about this. They took the North 2000. Dakota State is in the Missouri Valley, and I think you and I can UNI's take better them. than that. Yeah. Also, stop it. This is the same. You and I's got like an all-star tight end or whatever. Yes. Yeah. What is it? Uh, we did break him. Pish I think we broke pop. his collarbone. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so he's all American. <laughs> but here's the deal, yeah, though. This this that. is the same team that took the 2009 Iowa team two field goal blocks to beat this team. So I think that's this is pretty special. Well, actually, those guys would be about... Fucking 30 five, by now. Five, five years out of To graduation. do the oh, math. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, do yeah, the yeah, math. They're, they're okay. At least 30. Whatever. Hey, they're, anyway. They're, or 50, they're probably shit. Wives and, wife and kids. And my point. My point being, <laughs> this is a well-coached team. Coach Farley's a great coach. I think this is that was a well-contested game. I, that's, that's a good game. But Dylan, get, give me your thought, though, on... I mean, who, who, who are we going to have to watch this defense? Like, I know you've done some, some film watching, but... Who who do we got to look for? You know the matchup I'm looking for. Uh, you know you could argue Ray Lima that nose tackle position, obviously a hell of a player. Uh, really, what I'm looking for though is Orion Vance, that middle linebacker, uh, experienced out of experience in the Big Twelve, experienced at Iowa State, and just to see what he has up against our running backs. Because I think trench to trench, you know, it's going to be a good battle. Uh, it typically, always is, you know, here in the state of Iowa. And so that's going to be a good battle. So Iowa State's linebackers are going to have to come up, and obviously that's led by Orion there at that Mike spot. So um, I would say that's my big matchup to watch is Orion Vance and the Iowa running backs. Uh, I I mean, that's true, and we're going to find out the answer to that question probably right off the bat in the first half uh, to see what, what – because you know we're going to run to set up the pass, and so we're going to see how they play us how many players they put in the box. I wouldn't be surprised if I think even you said this, Dylan, that they're going to probably come out Iowa offense and maybe sort of a spread situation to see how they play the our run game. Definitely, definitely. Look to see, you know, maybe not necessarily not spread, a full blown like, spread, but maybe like a trips, like three yeah. wide. I definitely think we're going to see a little bit of that just with all the weapons we do have at receiver. Um, and honestly, look for Sean Byer, too, to have a game. You know, I know it was just Rutgers, but he got open quite a bit this past week and looked good and, you know, made some catches in traffic. So look to him to, you know, possibly be that safety net for 
I almost said Stanzi. Almost be that safety yeah. net for Stanley as well. So. And and honest, Mike, we've kind of talked about the offense and defense of both teams here. I guess as far as overall matchup, I mean, who do you see? It doesn't have to be player on player, but I mean, player on offense, yeah, player on defense. Yeah. Who do you see being the best matchup of the game here in Ames this week? Well, honestly, you know, I'm like you know me being an Iowa State guy, it's a fifty-fifty tilt. I think the money could go either way. Um, but I'm going to look to see. Um, I think it's it's going to come down to Brock Purdy. It's going to come down to Brock Purdy. Um, if you guys can put pressure on Brock Purdy and get him out of his zone, we're going to have a tough time. But if Brock Purdy can pick apart your uh, Swiss cheese secondary, I think we're going to have a good day. Hey, your that, words, is not a, mine. Is that your a words, not mine. Those are, a bit. We are a little bit. Those are your words. I did not say Swiss cheese. Okay, I'm. I make up some fake news from time to time, but I like to think I make it sound if good. If anything, it's like layered cheese. Well, who's going to be the quarterback behind Brock Purdy who's going to take you guys <laughs> to the championship? Right, oh, right, right, stop. Right. If we would have wow. had, we would have won. That, that is a great question. That's a, that's a out from the top rope over here. Oh, my God. RKO out of nowhere. It's all in good fun, guys. But No, nonetheless, I think – you know, this weekend's going to be a heck of a time. Um, you know, I know myself, I'm looking forward to going to the Ames and having a great time. I had a good time there in 2013 as well. So I think it's going to be good to be back. We got uh, not official family, but got some family there. And uh, it, I'll have a beer be, with you, Pondy. There you go. I'll have, a, I'll have a beer with you, Mike, and pour one over your head. <laughs> Hawks forever. But, no, it, it's going to be a great time. Really looking forward to it, seeing 100,000 people in Ames. And – yeah, it's gonna I, be I'm a logistical nightmare. I'm looking forward to it. Up. But as far as bets go and everything, I know. So we all three won our bet last week. Um, me and Mike been talking a little bit lately here too, and you know we wanted to do a little quick side bet because he thinks Iowa State's gonna Ooh. win. I think Iowa's gonna win. Little yeah. side action. I'm yeah, thinking. I'm thinking. You know, shotgun a couple beers and. You know, something of the sort, because I, I don't want to make you wear an Iowa shirt to work, because I know you got something to protect. And, Dignity. Yeah. Dignity, and, ladies and, and gentlemen. Everybody I work with knows I wouldn't be caught dead in it, so we'll, we'll <laughs> stay away from that. But as far as shotgun and beers. So here's I, the I, hot I, take. I say, before we shotgun the beers, if you lose, you got to say go Hawks. And if I lose, I got to say go, go Clones. We got to get it on Facebook. We'll post Absolutely. it on Hawks and Tall Boys. Um, we'll make a humiliating social media post, and it's going to go like this. Um <laughs> Whoever has in this room right now the brass balls, the audacity to bet against my Iowa State Cyclones, Ooh. however many men that numbers is how many tall boys I will painfully shotgun after saying some ridiculous shit about the Hawkeyes. Viewers Whatever. just know we have, we have four people in this room, including Honest Mike. Honest Mike. So, Mike, so what, what's your prediction then of the game? Uh, so, I mean, you know, if we're talking, you know, just lads betting, I'm taking First off, first off, okay. Cyclone I, straight up. I, I no, am, no, I'm, I'm talking like score prediction, but what were you going to say, Rob? Oh, oh, I was just going to say, I'm taking, so I'm taking the Hawkeyes. I know you are. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll get to predictions, right, but right. I was just thinking for the bet, you know, we'll short that up after. Finish what you're yeah. saying. So I'm, the terms of the bet, ladies and gentlemen, will be thus. Whoever <laughs> in this room has... As I said, the brass balls, the audacity to bet against my Iowa State Cyclones. I will chug that many tall boys in a humiliating social media post that will go up on the Hawkeyes and Tall Boys webpage. And, but the flip side is, 
you know, the action goes the other way. If uh, I have to chug three tall boys, they also have to chug three tall boys. Who said four? Who said it was three, Mike? Three, two, maybe it's one. Let's see how the odds go. Maybe I've talked you guys into putting money on Iowa State. So so what's your score then? What do you got, Mike, for a score? Oh, score. I'm not really good at these things. Line's two and a half, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, just to set the scene, so it is uh, obviously Iowa at Iowa State. The over-under is 44 and a half. And they're giving Iowa State 2.5 points. So Iowa's favored by two and a half. And I'm going to be optimistic and put Brock Purdy having the ball in the air. And I'm going to go 28-20 clones. So he's taking the over. Okay. Taking the over and And Iowa State. The spread. Skull clones. But so your bet is strictly side action on win, win or lose. Absolutely, right, right. win that, or that, loss. That's, that's just straight me and Mike there. Tall boys are for the dignity. So we'll bring it down to myself, Mr. Rob. While my prediction is going to be, um, I said it before the season. I'm I'm saying it again today. I'm sticking to my guns. We're going to be nine and three this year. But this game is not one that we drop. We go back in Ames in a repeat performance, and I say that we win this game 21-10. to 10. We cover the spread, obviously, and uh, we come away with the uh, Cyhawk Trophy. For those of you Hawkeyes and Tallboys listeners out there, I think you remember my uh, my f- uh, first week prediction that Iowa was going to be 9-3. We're going to lose two in the Big Ten, Ooh. and we're going to drop one in the non-conference. Unfortunately, Boys, this is that week where we drop that one. Whoop! Yikes. So, in the words of Donald Trump, wrong. <laughs> in uh, in the words of Donald Trump, this is going to be a huge upset. Huge. You heard it here first. F- not fake news. Um, the Hawks, unfortunately, are going to have to travel to a, a game day city in Ames. Going to have to play a very, very hot team in Iowa State. I know they got a lot of hype coming here. Yeah, they didn't have the best game against UNI, but again, I think UNI is a pretty strong team, a good opponent here. I think that Iowa State takes the game 23-20. to 20, A field goal is going to be the deciding factor. And yeah. you're taking the spread. And I'm taking the spread on that. Perfect. Yeah, you're wrong. Interesting. So, uh, the Hawks you're are entitled g- to your opinions, Bondi. So the Hawks are going to take opinions. this game 38-16. to 16. Uh, I, think, wow, I, 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 I think it's close early on. Uh, I think fourth quarter is going to be the Hawks' time. I think they score a couple touchdowns late to make the score look a little bit prettier than it, the whole game was. But Hawks are going to win this game. It's going to look handily uh, at the end of the day. I think our offense is going to be too much pressure on them. I think we have too many weapons, both at running back uh, and our you know, three-headed, arguably nearly four-headed monster, um, You know, if you include Tyler Goodson in there. Uh, look for him to have a big game. Look for special teams to have a big game. And I think our defense steps up. So I'm going 38-16. The Hawks, we're going to win this game. And it will remain for the fifth year in a row a Hawkeye State. So, yeah. Oh, stop, honey. Okay, so so Dill sticking to his guns with the old 12-0 and mantra. Um, but that's great. So this, yeah. game, this game is coming to you on FS1. Right uh, at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, I'll give you time to get out there to Ames and uh, get your tailgate Ooh, set up. Actually, I was just gonna touch on that, Rob, because uh, this tailgate se- or session sounds like lots are opening at 5 a.m. Yep, five. I repeat, 5 a.m. The old that Mike ain't making it there by that time. Yeah, that's what I got. I got football games the night before, and I'm gonna be driving Saturday morning 
So uh, my truck is leaving at six. Fellas that are riding with me, if you're listening, you leaving with or without, yeah, damn it. I'm probably just going to end up parking it at jail and finding it in the morning. <laughs> there you go. I'll good park thing. at jail and Uber to the stadium. There you go. There you go. That's good thinking there. That's good thinking there, Mike. Well, you know, I, I think that pretty much wraps it up here for today, guys. Awesome episode, Mike. Really, really appreciate yeah. it. Hey, that boys. It's been a massive pleasure being here. You guys know your football. Very professional podcast. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you so much for having me on. And my final shout-out is uh, Go Cyclone Nation. Hey, we appreciate all the followers, too. So thanks again for uh, for listening in here, all of our buddies. Uh, we just want to say thank you guys uh, for that. Also, thanks for the mailbag segment as well. So we have to appreciate yeah, that, too. Absolutely. And that was awesome. Yeah, it's really great to have you on. Um, and, it, and honestly, in future episodes, if we do have fans um, that, you know, are interested in coming on, maybe a little bit of a correspondent, um, you know, we're always open to that, to uh, get an outside perspective. Talk some shit. Talk a little shop with the uh, with the boys. Plus, uh, we'll, we we will have some tall boys to be drunk in that situation. So ten four, super happy about it. Um, you can follow us. We're still working on. Um, there seem to be some uh, technical difficulties when it comes to uh, uploading our podcast to Spotify. So currently, I don't. I think we're on Spotify yet, but we're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, obviously, we're sponsored by Anchor, and then um, we are on uh, iHeartRadio. So yep. I art media as well. Yep, L- literally just Google Hawkeyes and Tallboys, and you'll be able to find a spot yep. to listen to us. So you can even listen to Apple Podcasts. Also follow oh, us yeah. on, on yeah, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well for all the live updates and uh, and pictures of uh, each week. So without further ado, uh, we will end this episode like we always do with a little Hawkeye victory polka. Hey, go Hawks! Go Hawks! And go Hawks! Yeah, Mike. Does Iowa State have any cool winning song? That's no. Nah, we don't. We don't. We just sing "Sweet Caroline" and Neil Diamond is the least cool fucking person in the entire world. <laughs> hot take. Hot take. Go hot, hot take. Drink your beer, Iowa fans. <laughs>